Hey, y'all, I want you to check out Brooklyn Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games. It's like a monthly zine subscription. Each issue is chock full of imaginative, useful information you will use at your table. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games for a new issue in your mailbox or inbox every month. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined today by my guest, Jesse Ross. He's the creator of Trophy from Hedge Mage Press. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you for coming on. Now, uh, Trophy, what can you tell us about Trophy? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first thing is that Trophy is not just one thing. It is uh, a few different games and uh, a supplemental book. Most people know it as Trophy Dark which was the first game which came out in 2018 through the Gauntlet Gaming Community. They produce a book called Codex, a, a digital magazine called Codex. And it is a one-shot horror game of doomed treasure hunters going into a forest that doesn't want them there. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's uh, it's really about seeing these, these treasure hunters, these kind of like medieval adventurers going into a forest and realizing that the trophy that they seek is maybe not there and that they are actually the trophy that's being hunted. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. So you watch these characters kind of decline and descent and become strange versions of themselves if they make it out at all. No, but, but really it's like a, a horror one shot game. So that was the first version of the game. And then trophy gold came out of that, which is a more campaign length, kind of old school style role-playing game um, based off the same rule set, but with a few uh, additions. And it's more about being desperate treasure hunters who are trying to get the gold you need to survive in a dangerous world. So what is the, the system itself like? Yeah, that's a great question. So it was originally based on the Cthulhu dark system. So it's super minimal D6 pools. Essentially, your characters are very thin. Um, they have just a few skills. And whenever you are doing something risky, you are getting dice for those skills. And then it includes a little bit of tech from Blades in the Dark, specifically the Devil's Bargain. So there's a lot of opportunity for kind of collaboration in the game and interjecting things that no one is expecting. Essentially, you're just looking for the highest die in a roll. So it's a really straightforward, really minimal system, super easy for people to jump into and, and start playing with. Excellent. Excellent. So I, I'm curious to know more about Trophy itself. So you're saying that it's, that, that it's um, you've got Trophy Dark and then there's the wider Trophy itself. Is that So that's kind of like your traditional dungeon crawly type yeah, thing, so if I'm understanding it. Yeah, so there are, so there are three books. There's Trophy Dark, mm -hmm. which is the the horror one shot. Trophy Gold, which is like or the old school kind of campaign style game, mm -hmm. and then there's actually Trophy Loom, which is like our setting book. But Trophy Gold is, which is I think is what you're we're mostly asking about, is is super great. It's super fun. The system itself is is really lightweight, really minimal. What's great about it is that you can use it for playing old school games. In fact, that that's how it came about. I was mm -hmm. basically 
trying to figure out like what is the ideal system that I want for playing all these super cool old school modules made a list of all the features that I wanted and started building a, a game off of that you can adapt old school modules really easily but at its heart it's really a collaborative system so there's a lot of we talk about it often as like a writer's room approach style where you're sitting around you're playing these characters but you're also keeping sort of meta knowledge in your mind about like what do we want to see happen what kind of things are we interested in interjecting and so you're you're looking at kind of the story overall and you hold on to your characters but you are also with sort of like a play to lose mentality knowing that they could go out at any moment right mm-hmm so are you have do you have like like so if we're able to run old modules is it like do you have your regular six attributes or stuff like that or is there a different attribute no. system or how does that nope actually so it's totally separate from that your characters basically have they have just a few traits so they have a background which is something that they used to be yeah and that gives them one skill that they're good at so that could be something like could be something sort of typical like you used to be a dancer or something mm-hmm. but it could also be something more obscure like we have something called a cured beast bitten which is like maybe you used to be like a lycanthrope oh. right <laughs> and, and now, now you're cured right so that's one one part of your character and then you also have your occupation which is the thing you do now so those those would be more like a ranger or a sorcerer or mm-hmm. a leech or a like a spider like someone who can use traps and tricks right so there are lots of different versions of those but essentially you have those two op- parts of your character and then you have just a couple traits so you have your most most important feature is maybe your ruin which is like kind of like an inverse hit points or like a harm track in some mm-hmm. ways but it represents any kind of physical mental or spiritual descent your character could undergo so it starts at one but if you have rituals or magic it might start a little higher than that and once you hit six you're out so every roll you're potentially um, risking your mind or your body and that could go up and so there's a lot of kind of risk reward features built into the system itself interesting interesting now the setting itself so there's a setting book as well how does yeah is could you tell me a little bit about the setting yeah one thing that we did with the setting book is we tried to keep it sort of non-canonical so rather than having like this is such and such a city and it has a population of x many people and this is the governor or this is the king like we don't have any of that in fact instead what we have it's basically built off of d66 tables so Every section of the book, whether that's like a city that's defined or the strange gods that are worshipped in this area or the people that you might meet in a village, like they're all just D66 tables. And they're kind of like they kind of function like rumor tables in a way in that you could say, oh, what person do you meet here? You roll on the table and then you get a specific person and you can introduce them or the way that we often use it, me and then a lot of the other people who play trophy and in the gauntlet which is kind of the the larger gaming community that i'm a part of we'll use it as just like inspirational material so they'll Mm -hmm. like pull out the book and sift through and find like oh that's a really crazy thing what if i built a scenario all around this interesting interesting now yeah but it it, it is kind of like a dark medieval setting right so it's very much in like the D &D model okay yeah yeah (laughs) Now you have an, another game as well that I'm kind of curious about because when I when I was a kid, I really like we in the school library, 
they had those old, really colorful hardbacks from back in the day of the Frank L. Baum Oz uh-huh. books and all those yep, Oz. Yep. Like I was fascinated with those. And and when Return to Oz came out with Feruza Balk in the 80s, <laughs> I thought that was like the coolest thing. Um yeah. <laughs> and, and I had all these books in the library. And this is this is called it's called let me see, Girl Underground. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> this is a game that I designed with my co-designer, Lauren McManaman. And we wanted to create something that was like telling the stories of Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz, Spirited Away, all these stories of girls who go kind of through portals and into a weird world, but are really metaphors about kind of growing up and mm-hmm. being a, becoming an adult or a young person. And it was, we launched it during the first zine quest and we, we really didn't know what was going to happen with zine quest. So we were like, well, let's, let's, we've been working on this game. Let's pull it together and produce a little zine and put it out there. And um, it's a Powered by the Apocalypse style game. And you play, what's interesting about it is that you play basically two characters throughout the game. So you have your sort of companion character. So that might be like your your cowardly lion (laughs) or your scarecrow or whatever. Yeah. Um, But then you're also everyone collectively at the table is playing the character of the girl, the, the sort of feature character and you're rotating through. So the girl might be played by Jeff in one session and then by Rob in the next session or whatever. So you're like rotating through not just session to session, but you're, you're rotating the girl throughout the course of the game. So from one scene to the next. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really really fun. We really love it. We we actually didn't see a ton of games out there doing this. There there are a couple of games that that sort of are on this model, but this is such like a trope that everyone knows and loves of like mm-hmm. the the girl exploring the world and trying to figure out who she is. And then one of the features that we really love about it is as you go throughout the game, you start with this list of manners, basically all of the things that society tells you as a girl you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to behave. And then as you make roles and sort of challenge those manners, you get to strike them out and create beliefs, which are the things that you believe about yourself. Like could be like always tell the truth or always stand up for a friend or whatever that is. And then as you move towards the end game and kind of facing the ultimate adversary and figuring out who you are, you get an extra die for all of those beliefs that you can work into the role. So it really does like sort of reflect the overall genre of mm-hmm. um, this character that we know is probably going to succeed at the end. Right. Like you're, yeah. you're building <laughs> the mechanics to like reflect that. So yeah, we really love it. It's a super great game. It's gotten really great reception from a lot of people and yeah, we just, we just really adore it. That, that sounds neat. I would, I would love a chance to play that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get a copy on drive through if you want. Yep. It's out there. <laughs> I'm going to ask one thing I love to ask people is where did you start with gaming and what kind of stuff were you into as your gaming history? And how did it go from there to making your own games? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. I am a child of the eighties and the Mm nineties and um, my gaming, I started out like in love with comic books and just wanting to go to (laughs) other worlds and all of that. Right. (laughs) Um, Yep. Sounds familiar. I'm sure. And then um, I decided uh, in middle school that I wanted to learn how to play the violin but they didn't have enough violins so I got a viola 
and me and the only other person who were playing a viola got stuck in a practice room together and we became really good friends and instead of practicing he was basically like let me show you this cool game called dungeons and dragons and you can make your own character and they can do magic (laughs) and i was hooked so um i i played basically all through middle school and high school got into you know all the games that were popular around that time mostly all the like world of darkness kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then i think like a lot of people sort of fell out of gaming for a while and didn't pick it up actually until my my older daughter was like watching Stranger Things with her friends <laughs> and they were seeing these kids play Dungeons and Dragons. And she was like, I think my dad has all of those old books. <laughs> and uh, she basically forced me to Dungeon Master for her and like seven of her friends. And it was a chaotic experience, but it was super fun. And um, so that got me back into fifth edition. And then just like the whole world of gaming opened up from there. So got really into um more story game kind of things like powered by the apocalypse and forged in the dark and from there it was just like i basically had stories that i wanted to tell but couldn't find systems that did exactly what i wanted Mm -hmm. so started building my own games so when you decided to build your own games what did you what was like the first steps like what was like okay this is what i'm gonna do this is how i'm gonna tackle this how did you go about doing that going from this is the idea that this is out there in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great question. So um, I think for me, it was like one, the first game that I ever designed was as a competition for Game Chef, which mm-hmm. I think is still out there, like a gaming uh, competition where basically they give you a couple prompts and a couple words that you're supposed to incorporate. And then you build any sort of game that you want around that. So I made this little like couple page game PDF, put it out there and it wasn't perfect by any means, but it. It was like my first step, my first toe in the waters. Yeah. And then from there, I was basically like listening to a lot of podcasts and ran across the Gauntlet gaming community. And they had a, um, they still have a Slack community set up. And so I joined that and met a lot of people from there and started doing a lot of gaming online. The Gauntlet puts out this, this digital magazine called The Codex, as I mentioned, and they basically take calls for submissions. And I started doing some art for them and then decided I would write a couple of games. So Trophy was um, my first big game that I put out through the gauntlet and it just kind of grew from there. What do you have planned for the future then? <laughs> oh, I have too many game ideas and not enough time. So there are a few different things that I'm working on. The couple big projects on my plate right now are um, I have a daughter. who My youngest daughter is 10. So uh, all through the pandemic, my youngest daughter and I have been playing lots of different game systems and trying lots of different things out. And I basically created a kind of mini simplified BX-like old school Dungeons and Dragons system called Folktale. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been doing a lot of that. And I'd like to put that out in the world um, as just kind of like an introductory old school game for kids. That's more kid appropriate, easier to get into. And then I have been off and on working on this game called Sunset Kills, which is like a kind of buffy or charm huh. kind of monster hunty game yeah um so that a version of that is out in the world but I've, i'm still working on that and then two other big things on my plate are trophy adjacent so i'm working on a horror anthology right now with a bunch of different game designers um pairing game designers and academics who specialize mm-hmm. in kind of the climate crisis and climate change worlds um, oh, to produce games together. So that's one big project that we're working on. And then I'm also working on something called the Piper's Call, which is basically um, answering the question, what if Robin Hood and his merry men were living in a haunted forest? 
Oh, so you get to play as like bandits who rob from the rich and give to the poor and also have to uh, deal with monsters who live in the forest you live in. I like the bandits robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. They're my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate Totally. Them. Very, very, very into that as well. Yeah. I need more friends like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully this game encourages at least a couple people to feel like, yeah, maybe that's the model we should all live in. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can do yeah. that. Well, it's, it, I, we're coming up on time could you tell the listeners where they can find you online where can they pick your stuff up and find it yeah definitely so i'm on twitter at jesse ross and um you can find all of my games on itch and drive through if you're interested in trophy you can look that up at trophyrpg.com and um yeah just look for either girl underground or trophy on either itch or drive through Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to talk to you, too. No no doubt. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We can really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.